parenting is often described as an emotional roller coaster. It moves fast, it's filled with twists and turns, and one minute you're flying at the top of the hill totally loving it, and the next you're plummeting downhill completely losing your shit. Parenting can be hard, like really freaking hard, but it doesn't have to be lived in such extremes. It's possible to get off that roller coaster and create a space for your family that feels calm, balanced, and fun. This is where I want to help. I want to help you create that space between the extremes, the space where you're able to truly connect with your kids, find room for your own growth, and even enjoy the ride. Welcome to the Raising You and Me podcast, a place for parents to come, gather the tools to help you create your own version of heart-centered parenting in order to start connecting more meaningfully with your kids and yourself. Join me in conversations that will help lift your spirit, make you laugh, define your values, get clear on your goals for your family, and bring the joy back into parenting. All right, friends, let's go. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Raising You and Me podcast. I'm Erin, a mom of two girls, someone who will always laugh out loud at those awkward family photos, and your heart-centered parenting cheerleader. Right now, it's that weird time warp part of the year, during the holidays, right before New Year's, where no one is really sure what day it is, and I'm not sure if I'm still technically on holidays or not. It's also the time of year where I usually start reflecting on the goals I set for the year that's ending, and how I want to go into the new year. I know New Year's resolutions can be kind of a divisive topic, Some people love them and go balls to the walls every January with a long list of goals, and some people completely shun the idea of resolutions. As with most things in life, I fall somewhere in the middle of those two camps. I don't necessarily feel like just because it's the start of a new year, I have to try and completely overhaul my life, but I do love the feeling of a fresh start and setting goals because it helps me focus so much more when I have a concrete idea of what I'm aiming for. I spent the last few years, really, doing a lot of reflective inner work, like all the work on my mindset and traumas and defining my values and getting really clear on who I want to be and how I want to show up as a mom, a wife, a friend, a sister, a coach, all of the things, all of the roles that I have. And if I hadn't known where I wanted to get to, I probably would have given up on that work at some point because... It's not all rainbows and unicorns to reflect on ourselves and to keep growing into better people. If you looked at my computer or my phone right now, you'd see that I have approximately 15 tabs open on each of them, which is a pretty good indication of what it looks like in my brain on a regular basis. So setting goals really helps me to make sure that the things I'm doing in my day are getting me closer to where I want to be, and I'm not just bouncing around aimlessly between all of these ideas. A few months ago, I posted on Instagram about a shift I had made when writing my to-do lists. Because I'm one of those people who feels like I always have a million things happening in my brain, I am a constant list writer. I have them absolutely everywhere. I've got a dozen notebooks, post-it notes going. In my phone right now, I probably have over 50 lists. So naturally, a lot of those lists are to-do lists. They used to be very long and overly ambitious, which 
only led me to feel crappy when I didn't get all the things on my to-do list done. These long to-do lists also left me feeling like there just wasn't enough time for me to do all of those things and show up in all of the roles in my life the way I wanted to. But that shift came one day while I was writing another ridiculously long to-do list. It hit me while I was writing it that none of the things I was writing down reflected the values I was working so hard to define for myself, and they were actually making it harder for me to show up for my family in the way that I wanted to because they were pulling my attention in all these different directions. I realized I needed to approach this from a different perspective. So I made a new list. Yes, I know, another list. I told you I can't stop myself. But this time I made a list of the things I valued and where I wanted my energy to flow. I wrote out my goals as a mom, a wife, a friend, my goals and values for myself. It included things like being fully present, being fun, laughing easily, enjoying small moments, being active, connecting well with people, making space for creativity. This is where I wanted my attention and energy to go. So this is where the shift came in. Each day before I write my to-do list, I write a to-be list. It's just a few words that represent how I want to be that day, how I want to show up in the world for myself, my family, and for others. Sometimes my to-be list includes things like fun and present, Other days, it's compassionate and open-hearted. Basically, it's just whatever and however I want to be that day. That's what gets written down first. It sets my intention for the day. Then I write my to-do list. I list out all the things that I want to accomplish that day, everything from mopping floors to playing bop it with the girls. After I've done the brain dump of things to do that day, I go through the list and check them against my to-be list. If my to-be list is fun and present, but I wrote down I'm going to go clean co my entire house that day, well, shit, now I have a problem because those lists don't match up. So this is where I adjust. I edit out anything that can be moved to another day, delegate things that someone else is able to do, and most importantly, I schedule in the things that align with my values first so that my to-do list reflects my to-be list. Playing bop it with the girls gets on the list first before mopping the floors. This doesn't mean that I just never do any of the responsible, boring adult things we need to do. I still have laundry to fold, lunches to make, a job to go to. That stuff doesn't just go away because I wrote down fun was a priority that day. But when I make the to-be list first, it helps me be selective with what makes it to my to-do list so that I can be fun and present while also doing the necessary, responsible, boring adult things like mopping the floors. Writing to-be lists has also helped me to redefine what a successful day looks like. I know I'm not the only one who would get to the end of the day and think to themselves, I didn't accomplish enough today, I didn't do enough today. Being an exceptional mom has always been one of my biggest priorities, if not my top priority. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming that it's one of yours as well. But the way I was using my time wasn't reflecting that value. In my mind, the more I did, the more successful I was, which is an impossible standard to set for anyone and was totally misaligned with what my real priorities were. I always say actions speak louder than words, but my actions weren't matching my words. 
Now, after making this small shift, a successful day includes reading with the girls, a slow walk in the woods, and a glass of wine with my husband at night, along with all those other to-do list things. It feels successful because I didn't start the day with an impossible to-do list of things that weren't aligned with who I want to be. I started with who I wanted to be and then worked my day around that instead. This small shift in how I approach goal setting and scheduling my time has been an unexpected treasure of 2020 that I will definitely be bringing with me into the new year. It's something that I talk to so many people about because it's made such a big shift for me. So if you bring this into your life, please let me know how it goes. Nothing makes me happier than when people tell me that something I've shared here resonated with them in some way. As much as I like goal setting for myself at the end of the year, I also really like to find time to talk about and set goals with our girls and as a family. I know a few families who like to do this in September when school starts, which at first I thought would be a great idea. For me, September is always a big goal setting month too. It feels a bit like a bonus New Year's. But I quickly learned that with all the buildup leading into school and some of the nerves that come with it, adding family goal setting to that time of the year didn't fit for our family. New Year's seems to work better for us since the girls are settled into their classes and all the back-to-school jitters are gone. It's been fun to weave goal setting into our New Year's Eve traditions. We read through our memories jar from the year, have some sort of fun dinner. This year we're having a taco fiesta. Play music and dance and do a little goal setting. Each year, my husband and I come up with a sort of family motto, if you want to call it that, for the new year. We think about something we'd like to focus on as a family and build the motto around that. Last year, our family motto was choose to see the good. Funny now, right? Holy shit, did we have to lean into that for 2020. For 2021, we decided that our motto is challenge yourself and make mistakes. We can see some perfectionist tendencies popping up with our girls, so we want to be mindful to celebrate making mistakes and enjoy the challenge, not just the end accomplishment. As you can tell from this episode, it's also a good motto for me too. So we'll sit with our girls and help them come up with some ways they want to challenge themselves this year, as well as share our own goals with them. Since our girls are still quite young, having the motto has been a great way of introducing goals to them because it's an easy thing for us to keep referring back to throughout the year. Last year, when schools closed and we started homeschooling, we could cheer them on when they chose to see the good in having mommy as their teacher or that they got to have more sister time. We could go back to it in the more overwhelming moments and make it like a little game. How can we make lemonade out of these lemons kind of thing? Obviously, after we had acknowledged and allowed all of the feelings, of course. When we do these family goals, we write them down first, but then we also talk about the things we'll need to do individually to reach those goals and how we can help each other as a family so everyone has space to work on their goals. It gives everyone a little accountability and helps foster a team mentality since one family member's success becomes all of our success. This might sound like a very long and a little bit boring of a process, but it really only takes a few minutes. And if you bring a fun, excited energy to goal setting, your kids will definitely jump on board. They'll also be the best accountability partners because they give zero fucks about calling you out when you aren't living up to what you said you would do. Nothing like a four-year-old calling you out to keep you honest. 
One more thing to think about when you're goal setting this year is your attitude towards goal setting. If you're anything like I was, you make too many goals and set unrealistic timelines on them. This always led to frustration and almost never fully meeting the goal. Setting to-be lists has definitely helped me to focus in on my goals, but the other thing that helped me a ton was determining what my keystone habits are. Keystone habits come from the book The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, and the definition of keystone habit is the start of a chain reaction that helps other good habits to take place. Basically, if you focus on one habit, it will encourage other good habits to follow. It's kind of like if I exercise every day, I'm more likely to make better eating choices, sleep better, and feel more energized during the day. One habit, multiple benefits. So whatever goals you have for yourself for this year, look over all of them and determine what the keystone habit there is. Maybe you want to be a more present parent. Maybe you want to spend less time on social media, read more books, or go for a walk every day. Your keystone habit could be scheduling tech-free time every day or daily walks with your family. One habit, multiple benefits. It doesn't have to be something that requires a huge time commitment or major changes, but it will set you up for success and set off those chain reactions. You only have to focus in on the one habit to start creating better habits all around. This makes it way more likely you'll not only meet your goals and maintain them, but you'll also enjoy the process more. It will feel less overwhelming. It's going to help you model healthy goal setting for your kids and show them that goals take time to reach, but enjoying all the steps along the way is just as important and just as much fun as celebrating the end result. However you feel about goal setting and New Year's resolutions, I think we can all say that we have never experienced a New Year's like this before. 2020 was hard, which means 2021 is full of so much potential. And so are you. I hope you set goals that make you feel hopeful and excited about this year. And as always, I will be cheering you on every single step of the way. Thank you for listening, friends. It means so much to me that you trust me with your time and let me into your homes each week. Here's to a 2021 where you challenge yourself, make mistakes, and soak in the joyful moments. And maybe we'll all get to see each other in person soon. Happy New Year's, everyone. Be well. Talk soon. <laughs>